tonight, we're starting a two-week mini-series looking at how we can live naturally supernatural lives and how we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit and um, in a natural way. Today we're looking at how we can step out in the gift of healing. And next week we'll be looking at prophecy and how we can hear God's voice for other people. Those of you who have been in the vineyard and, and been here for a couple, more than a couple of weeks will probably have heard us offer opportunities of prayer. Um, it's usually at the end of the talk and um, maybe it's to receive prayer if something in the talk has been spoken into your own situation and you, often uh, you, you might want to respond to what God wants to do for you. Or maybe it's um, some form of healing, um, something specific to you, something specific to your cause. Sometimes you will even hear someone give a word of knowledge about a particular area of pain that God wants to bring healing to. For example, it could be a sore lower back, a stiff right shoulder. Um, it can even be headaches. And sometimes it can be really simple things. Whether you've been a Christian for a long time or whether you are very much at the beginning of your journey with Jesus, um, you may ask questions like, why do we do this? Um, is it reserved for specially gifted people? Or can everyone get involved? And if so, how? We're a community that believes God's heals today. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. And we want to offer those opportunities for prayer in our everyday lives, not just on a Sunday meeting. So when your neighbor tells you that, you've, that, it tells you that they've got cancer or a friend um, or a parent at, at a school gate is complaining that they can't hear anymore, that their hearing's gone. Um, we want our natural response to be something like, I'm a Christian, I believe God heals today, I believe God knows you and loves you, and I want to pray for you right now. Would that be okay? In the summer, our neighbor, um, who's in her 80s, uh, came over for a chat. Um, we got talking and she shared some things about her and her husband's health. Things were tough for them. She previously told us that she was an atheist um, and, this didn't, um, and she didn't believe in God or religion. After we'd listened to her and talked to her, um, we felt it was right to offer prayer um, with her. And to our surprise, she said yes. We prayed for her and her husband and spoke out against all the conditions that they were experiencing. She began to cry, which was just really unusual for her because she was a really tough South Shields sand dancer. <laughs> and we were able to explain that this warmth, this warm feeling that she had, this was the presence of God touching her and that he loves her 
and he cares specifically about her situation. And six months ago, we, we had an evening with Steve Nicholson, um, who's been a leader in the vineyard for, uh, in America for over 40 years. And he visited Revive, and um, the presence of, of the Holy Spirit was very, very tangible that night. Tom had a word of knowledge for Tim Pitwood just over there. And um, he, say, he said he had a bad back. And I was doing the sound booth where, where other Tim Pennington is <laughs> tonight. And he felt, I felt called to go and minister to him. I laid hands on his back and commanded the pain to go in Jesus' name. A few days later, I checked in with him and the pain had significantly reduced. Amen. We've also been regularly praying for Tim and his PTSD, um, with which he's also experienced breakthrough very recently. Praise God. A friend at our previous church, um, for those that that have been uh, been to Marley Hill, I've shared the story, but felt it was really important to share. A friend at our previous church who was an epileptic um, began to suffer from a high number of seizures. Um, and so much so, it was beginning to impact on the quality of his life. He was no longer allowed to drive, and the drugs he was taking made it difficult for him and his wife to conceive. Um, and so one evening in 2018, we were at, a, at our church prayer meeting, and there was a strong sense of the Holy Spirit. I felt the Spirit Spirit tell me to pray for my friend. I responded, as you you do, um, by laying hands on him and telling the seizures to stop in Jesus' name. Since that evening, he's not had a seizure, and he's now been driving for two years and has two lovely young boys. Praise God. Some of you will also know that I got injured um, last year. I dislocated my toe and I was in extreme amount of pain and I just haven't really been able to run as much as my lovely wife here. (laughs) Plug a marathon, you know. Um, But on two different occasions I've been prayed for um, and both times I've noticed marked healing um, and a marked difference in the amount of pain I've been in. So why do I tell you all these things? Well, I really believe that God heals. And sometimes people get healed and sometimes they don't. And if that's you, we'd like to acknowledge it and and agree with you that it hurts. It hurts deeply. For those praying... It's not so much about success or failure, but about our obedience to God and our, des- our desire to see him glorified. And I just felt that all the songs that we sang today was just about God's glory, God, God being worthy. And what better way to point to him than to, to obey him and to heal through his power. And what I do know is that if we don't pray for the sick, we'll not see God intervene directly. 
We may occasionally see, something, see him do something sovereign, um, which doesn't involve someone ministering. But, and we will, of course, see those um, in the medical profession, to, to visit those in the medical profession to heal through medicine, and so on. But if we do pray for the sick, we will see God heal. Not every time, but if we minister to enough people, we'll see him heal in incredible ways. Great, and um, I mean, those stories, we, you know, Mike shares those stories not because, um, you know, we are no. like, particularly gifted, but because we're obedient, and it's an example of, like, this is for all of us, this isn't just us on the stage, or... Um, mm. Tom or David or Nick but this is all of us get to play in this and it's amazing what happens when we step out um, in that boldness that he gives us Um, so why do we minister, why do we pray with this kind of expectation so I just want to take us through a brief but quick little trip through the Bible um, looking at some of the things um, that the Bible tells us um, because that's a good place to start isn't it (laughs) Um, so we're going to start by looking at what Jesus did and what he said so Um, In Matthew chapter 4, we see um, that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and illness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So we see that Jesus went out and did this. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. He healed every disease and illness among the people. But it wasn't just reserved for Jesus. He taught his disciples, those um, close followers of his, to do the same, in the same power and the same authority that he had. So we see in Luke chapter 9, when Jesus had called those 12, those 12 closest um, disciples together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal those who were ill. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. So we see Jesus do it, we see those, really tw- those close 12 disciples do it, but it wasn't just reserved for them either. That authority went wider. In the very next chapter, Luke says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But Jesus still wasn't finished there. And in John chapter 14, um, John writes um, of Jesus, Jesus saying, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. The commandment that Jesus gave the disciples in the Great Commission is for them to make disciples and to teach them to do the things that Jesus had taught the disciples to do. 
And we see this in Mark chapter 16, where Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them. And they will place their hands on people who are ill, and they will get well. You're getting the picture. And it continued. It didn't just stop there um, when Jesus ascended, but it continued into the early church. And um, sorry, I didn't actually bring my um, paper Bible with me. But um, John was was preaching this morning um, and he was preaching. um, He took us through Acts chapter four. um, And uh, there the disciples in the early church were praying and they said, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And then in Acts chapter 8, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard heard Philip and saw the signs he performed... They all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So what do we learn from all of these passages? Well, I think one of the things that stood out for me is any who believe. It wasn't reserved for the apostles. It wasn't reserved for the disciples. It wasn't reserved for Jesus. It was all who believe. And that's us. So here we are, 2,000 odd years later, as followers of Jesus, still doing the stuff that Jesus did, as John Wimber um, called it, um, the guy that founded the vineyard. Um, you know, we're here today because we've, you know, the disciples made disciples, who made disciples, um, and we are believers, and we can do those things with Jesus' authority. He has given us that authority. Amen. And that's really important to remember that we do this not out of our own strength, not out of our own confidence, but out of the authority that Jesus has given us. And, you know, with our Western worldview, we can often look at things from a rational or a kind of materialistic perspective. But it's really important that we remember um, that the biblical worldview is different. Um, as followers of Jesus, we need to approach this when we're praying for healing and actually, you know, for all of our walk with Jesus, um, we need to bear this in mind. You know, there is a kingdom of darkness um, and there is a kingdom of light. There is a kingdom of God. And we're in this battle, but it's a battle that we know the final outcome. And that final outcome is that Jesus is victorious and he is on the throne. Mm. You know, the kingdom of God is here and it's near, it's come and it's coming. You know, God's rule and reign broke out when Jesus came on earth. And it's continued to break out ever since. You know, one day there will be complete victory over the kingdom of darkness. We were just singing that just now. Mm. But we do live in this place of tension at the moment where we see some elements of the kingdom, but not everything, not yet, not fully. Like I say, the Bible tells us that one day there will be no more tears, no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering. But until then, we do. We do experience that. And you know, sometimes we will see people get healed. Some, and sometimes we won't. And like Mike said, that's really 
difficult. I know what it's like um, kind of living with that expectation um, of healing and yet not seeing it in reality. And, you know, John Wimber, if you ever hear him, some of the recordings or, mm. or books that were written, um, he prayed, I can't remember how many hundreds of times he prayed before mm. he saw his first breakthrough in healing, but he persisted and he kept going. So, how do we pray for healing? How do we do the stuff? Remember we said at the beginning of the talk, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you. It's not reserved for us or leaders in the church or particularly gifted and anointed healer. We all get to play. We all get to play. I don't know what models you may have seen or heard about, but the vineyard, we don't want to hype things up. Instead, we want to allow space for the Holy Spirit to act and speak. We want to be open vessels ready to be used by him. And Joe and I spent several years leading a healing on the streets team in our previous church in Croydon. And uh, the vineyard has a very simple, accessible model to help us pray for our friends, neighbors, colleagues, and even strangers. It's a five-step model. And the first one is an interview. So it's just very naturally to introduce yourself. If, you're, if you don't know already, the person already, um, ask where it hurts or what they would like prayer for. Observe what's going on, um, on the, at the natural level. Use your eyes, um, what, you can, what you can see. Also, in the back of your mind, be asking God what's going on in the supernatural. Ask him for words of knowledge, discernment, visions, verses from the Bible, pictures, and so on. Ask the person if they have any pain at the moment and if they could give you a scale of 1 to 10 so that afterwards you can also measure it and then move on to the next stage great so the next stage is then um, diagnosis we're not <coughs> suggesting that we are doctors or anyone in the medical profession to do this it's not a, a formal diagnosis but just to really understand what's going on because um, often there can be you know something that we're observing but there can be something deeper that's causing that so if it's appropriate from what they've told you, just ask the person what they think is causing that condition or that pain. And you can ask also, like Mike was saying, ask the Holy Spirit as well. You know, sometimes he will reveal things to us um, and we might wish to kind of share those things sensitively um, or use them to guide our prayers. Mm. So some of the causes... Um, could include, there'll be natural causes, so maybe it's a disease, maybe it's an accident that somebody's had. But there's also um, potentially kind of um, sin can cause physical, um, kind of have a, have a physical impact as well. So um, that could be sin that has been committed by a person, but it could also be sin that's committed um, against a person. Um, emotional hurts can also cause physical pain, as can relationship problems. You know, unforgiveness, that kind of bitterness that we can feel when we, and when we can't mm. forgive somebody, that can also have a physical outworking. And then sometimes there will be um, kind of supernatural or demonic kind of forces at work as well. And we need to be really careful um, about that and about discerning that and um, 
kind of speaking that into somebody or kind of use, you know, praying about that. Um, but that can also be something that is there. So we really just need to keep asking God. Um, and it can be useful as well to be praying in tongues during this time too. So once you feel comfortable with your praying about uh, with your praying about, invite the Holy Spirit, the person you're praying about, sorry, invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister. Keep your eyes open so you can be watching what the Holy Spirit is doing. So often we're taught to pray with our hands together and our eyes closed. This is helpful when you want to avoid distractions, but the person in front of you is certainly not a distraction. So look at them and f- try and focus on the, the body part or the, 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 the place that they, they, they have got pain. And then see what the Holy Spirit is doing. How are they responding? Are they moving their body? Are they smiling? Are they crying? Are they shaking or rocking? And bless what God is doing. Be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing or saying. Sometimes he might give you a word or a picture. Sensitively speak over that, per- that over the person and ask if that means to anything to them or resonates. Don't say, thus says the Lord. <laughs> Rather say, I have a sense that or As I was praying, I felt that perhaps. It's good to pray in pairs if possible. One to pray out loud and at the time and the other to pray in tongues and to be listening to the Holy Spirit and then swap around where possible. If it's appropriate to be praying against, if if it's appropriate to be praying against a demonic hold, rebuke it, bind it, and then expel it. Remember, you have a greater power of the Holy Spirit with you and the authority of Jesus Christ. There's no need to shout or scream. Just speak to it. So just take authority and just speak to it. We often get the question about, should we lay hands on the person? It's biblical to lay hands on someone when praying for them, as in Mark 16, 18, when Jesus gives his commission, he says, they shall lay hands on sick, on sick people and they will get well. But it's not essential. We need to ask the person and be sensitive to them and their situation. There are lots of reasons why people might not feel comfortable with you laying on hands. You could say something like, we often lay, on hand, uh, lay hands on, on the person, on a person when we're praying for them. Would you like us to do that? Place your hands on their shoulder or the part of the body that it's appropriate to, if it's appropriate to do so. And we advise women to do it with women and men to do it with men. As you pray... Welcome and invite the Holy Spirit to come. Thank God for the person and acknowledge his love for them. We don't need to beg and petition God to heal. 
He's given us authority. So just speak healing on his behalf. You can just speak to the ailment and command it to be healed or restored. You don't need to shout. Body parts don't seem to be hard of hearing. <laughs> and then once we've prayed for someone, we just need to kind of check and see, check in and see, how, you know, how are they feeling? How are they doing? <coughs> can they move the part of the body, perhaps, um, that was sore or stiff? What's the pain like now? If, they, if we asked them beforehand, kind of, was, what's the pain on a scale of 1 to 10, and it was an 8, well, after you've prayed, ask them, you know, is that still an 8? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? If they could move it a little bit, if they couldn't move it before, but can move it a little bit now. Maybe they ask them if they felt anything while you were praying. Often, what you'll find is people will feel like a warm sensation, um, and that's the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, Maybe they felt just an overwhelming sense of like of love, or they can't really describe what it is, but it is God's presence with them. Mm. And then we need to continue to pray. Like, don't stop. Sometimes it's appropriate to stop, but sometimes as well, it's you know we need to press in. Whether we've seen a little bit of healing and we want to press in for some more, we thank God for what He's doing, and we continue to pray. I was at a conference in the summer, a vineyard conference, and I was praying for a lady in the ministry time, and she'd had a pain in her arm, and she couldn't really lift it much more than kind of this. Um, and so I prayed for her, and then I checked how she, how she was afterwards, and she could move it a little bit higher. So I prayed again, and I checked again, and she could move it a little bit higher still. And, you know, it's just praying and thanking God for what he's doing, blessing him, blessing what he's doing, and asking for more. And sometimes healing can happen really quickly um, and instantly, but also it can be part of that prolonged period, um, prolonged time. And we see that in the Bible as well. I don't think I've got the Bible verse for it, but um, there was a time where Jesus was praying for someone and um, I think it was for sight and he could, um, he asked him what he could see and he could see trees and then he prayed again and then he could see, um, see people, I think. So I might've got that bit wrong, but the, you know, that is in there that Jesus did that as well. It didn't always happen instantly. Mm. Um, So yeah, keep praying. Mm. And then the last step is disengagement. Stop when the person stop when the person is healed or the spirit tells you to stop so just as Joe said or the person thinks it's over it's time to wrap up remove your hands and talk to them to indicate that you're stopping if they've received healing and if it's related to sin explain to them that they need to stop sinning encourage them to read the bible and spend time with God and invite them to come along to church or to a life group to find out more about Jesus. And if it's appropriate, encourage them to check with their doctor. If they aren't healed, don't tell them that they need more faith. (laughs) It's not a lack of faith on your part either. If they felt something of the Holy Spirit explain that this is God's presence that he loves them and he wants to meet with them today reassure them that God loves them and and encourage them to keep on asking and getting prayer a good place for this to happen is in a life group or invite them to go to church with you so in summary the five steps are Interview, diagnosis, prayer, check, and disengagement. Mm. 